and welcome to Life in the Rabbit Hole, the Caneo Parent Pod. I'm Lori Carice, a fellow parent living in the Caneo Valley and your host. Thank you for tuning in. For parent pod tales, community matters, and social topics, which include plenty of wellness content. Parenting is not a one-size-fits-all approach. It's as difficult as much as it's rewarding, and we've all heard from the beginning of this journey, it takes a village. So join us as we connect through life in the rabbit hole. For everyone, everywhere. Welcome back to Life in the Rabbit Hole, where I'm joined now by Spencer Chamberlain of Sports Clips. I'm talking to local business owners about their journey during COVID-19. And hair salons and barbershops have certainly been one of the hardest hit business categories that I've seen. And I think we've all watched the major hoops they've had to jump through in opening and closing inside, outdoors. So I've asked Spencer to join me to talk about some of those modifications and what that means to their business as far as sustainability, staffing, and just the overall, how you're moving forward. So welcome, Spencer. Hi. So first, tell me, where are your locations? So uh, in the Conejo Valley area, we have five locations. There are two in Thousand Oaks, one in Camarillo, one in Simi Valley, and one in Westlake Village. Okay. I'm mostly familiar with the one in Westlake. I've mm-hmm. actually taken my girls there, even though it's awesome. sports clips. You know, you do do girls haircuts and, that's, and you've, that's done correct. A, you've done a wonderful job. And <laughs> I think one of the reasons why I really wanted to speak with you today is obviously we all know that hair salons, barbershops, you know, nail salons also kind of bundled in that category. I've had to open and close and be indoors and outdoors, but I witnessed it with you because, you know, I, I go through the drive up target and I would see your canopy outside and you'd have a haircut going on. And this was probably in the summer. So talk to me about, let me take you back to the beginning of March and what kind of preparations? Most of us didn't have any preparations, but you know, you were first hit with a closure when and where'd you go from there? The exact date, I don't remember. I believe it was March 23rd, but it could have been a plus or minus a, a few days on that. What we had noticed is in the two weeks prior to that, our client counts started dropping pretty precipitously down about 30% prior to actually being shut down. And when we were shut down, everyone was hoping, you know, two weeks to slow the spread. That's what we had heard. We were hoping it was going to be two weeks, maybe three to make sure we really get this thing. And clearly everybody's having issues with it still. So it's it's been a little longer than we had expected. And it's been really tough, especially for our team members and and for just all the other franchisees who we support as well, figuring out what you need to do, what kind of reporting needs to be done, and how you make sure that you're keeping people safe when they come into your store. So that being said, what do you do currently to earn the trust of your guests and your staff when it comes to, you know, following guidelines? Well, right now, that's we follow the law, which says that you cannot operate a hair salon indoors, outdoors at all. So we are currently shut down for the third time by our uh, state government. And uh, we do believe in the rule of law. So, you know, we're, we're doing what we think is, is right. 
we don't necessarily agree with the procedures. In fact, California is the only state currently that is shut down for hair salons and barbershops. Uh, the CDC has uh, a couple of studies on uh, hair salons and barbershops in regards to transmission rates. And we have our own experience with the virus inside our shops. We were very limited in the uh, impact. We did have some team members who did in test positive. However, we're very aggressive in making sure that if you have the sniffles, you're not coming into work. So there was a lot of shortened days, stuff like that, just to make sure that we're keeping our stylus safe. And we did not have a single case of a lateral transmission, meaning a team member giving it to another team member, team member giving it to a client that we're aware of, uh, anything like that. And uh, studies from the CDC show that when you're taking appropriate actions like wearing masks, having physical dividers, stuff like that, maintaining as much distancing as possible, there really is a limited impact for the majority of people. Okay. So maintaining distance. I mean, how is that possible in getting a haircut? Like, you know, I mean, you're definitely one of the closest people in the service and industry. I mean, I always think of, you know, medical, orthodontics, dentists, and yes, getting a haircut. Now, it's now January and you're closed, as you said. I definitely want to hear about how long you were closed the first time. But when you did reopen, how many steps did you have to go through as far as maintaining health factors? Did you have to wear gloves, masks, shields? Are you using any kind of partition? I know you were being outside, mm-hmm. doing outside services. How did that work for you? Well, there's there's a lot of stuff in there. So let's start with what happened when we came back. California was one of the last states to come back. So Sport Clips being a franchise with over 1,800 stores open prior to COVID, we still have over 1,800 stores now that are quote unquote open. I mean, there's 100 and some odd in, in California that are right now closed, but we anticipate the vast majority of them reopening. We were able to see because of the large system in in all of the other 50 states, what the client flow was like and what kind of issues the other salons were having that were in our concept. So we knew that the, the weeks back when you're allowed to reopen are extremely busy for about week and a half to two weeks. And then you see a pretty substantial client count decline because people are afraid of the virus, would understandably, and there are a lot of restrictions. For example, prior to us closing in December, we were required to be at uh, 20% of our capacity, which was uh, pretty challenging, but we were able to make that work for our team members in order to keep money coming in around the holidays. Just to give you an idea of what it looked like for us, We started off with making sure every team member had a mask and doing mask mandates for our clients in the stores. Not everybody had to do the mask mandate initially. We made sure that if a client didn't have a mask, we would offer them a complimentary one. Uh, And that was as much for our team members as it was for the clients. Because the client comes in, he's only seeing one stylist, right? But a stylist might see 20 clients in a day. And so that we were just evaluating the risk factors there. Hey, we really need to make sure that that people are protecting our team members. Uh, later on down the line, as more information came out about, you know, masks are, are very helpful, face shields could be helpful. There was a lot of different regulation uh, county by county. For example, Los Angeles required us to have goggles at one point, which was interesting. We did provide those to our team members. 
a lot of them used it. But uh, the partitions were also something that we started looking at. We maintained six feet of separation inside our stores between hair stations. But when it comes to the client, you're 100% correct. You, you can't maintain six feet of uh, separation, although there are a lot of memes on the internet that showing hair stylists attempting to do so. You know, with the vacuum. Yeah, I think I've seen those with like the broom yeah. handles and the gloves. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So what we were able to do is make sure that everyone has a mask. And that really solved a lot of the issues for us. The stylist is not facing the client, except for in the introduction, we eliminated the handshake portion of our client experience. And the client is facing away from the stylist. Stylist isn't breathing into the client's face at any point in the interaction besides telling them to come on back. So those steps really helped us keep things under control. Now, back to mask wearing and and with guests, sounds like you're offering masks to guests. Are you seeing much resistance with mask wearing? Or at this point, are people just grateful for that haircut and they're going to do what you say? We did see a lot of resistance initially. And as things Uh, You hate to see things get worse in order to make people compliant. But as things got worse, we noticed a lot more compliance, a lot fewer people talking about the masks. We did have some individuals who would come in with their cell phones and record things. But after a brief conversation, everybody's pretty reasonable for the most part. You just explain to them it's, you know, they're saying something like, well, I'm not going to get COVID or something, or I've already had it. Something, something, something like, yeah, okay. But our team members (laughs) have that haven't had it and we don't want them to get it. So it's just something we got to make sure everybody's doing it. There was a lot of resistance though, initially, for sure. I know. And actually even being a customer of sports clips, it's, you really pride yourself on the guest experience. So when you actually had to switch to outdoor services and you're under a tarp and you have a lot of limitations, how did you go about still providing as much of the guest experience people expected to just, you know, chop, chop, getting it done. I remember talking to a friend of mine in Sport Clips corporate, and he would just heard about the, the allowing hair salons to open outdoors. And Sport Clips actually had a policy in place saying you couldn't do that. They were able to react quickly to get us a legal release to allow us to cut hair outside, which is something we were kind of nervous about initially. I was inside a Dick Sporting Goods buying as many canopies as I possibly could. I loaded up my credit card with, I think, about $4,000 in canopies for our stores. <laughs> just, And we weren't sure we were going to open it all. We just wanted to make sure that we had them because I don't know if you remember in early July, it was tough to get a mask at a reasonable price. And so we were just making sure that we had what we needed if we were going to open. We just, you know, return them unopened if we didn't end up using them. We did end up using them. There were not a lot of stores of sport clubs that opened for outdoor haircutting. There were only about 40 across California when there's a total store count of approximately 130 stores. Uh, Of those, we operated about 17. So the ones that we personally own were a large portion of the open stores. In our region, that is Santa Monica South to the Mexico border, were where the majority of open locations were. 
Now, I'm assuming you had to limit some of your services being outdoors also, as far as like the wash and the blow dry. That is correct. The MVP experience is really what differentiates us. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about uh, the competition, but if you, yeah, I mean, everybody knows who they are. The average number of clients going and getting a shampoo is about 10%, whereas for us, it's about 70%. And there's a lot of things that we do differently, but it's our biggest point of differentiation. So we're able to get in there and really do a relaxing massaging shampoo on a client's head. And uh, we were not able to do that at all with cutting outside. So it was just varsity haircuts, just the haircut only. And it was disappointing that we had to go that route. But we did take a look at doing mobile shampoo stations. I believe at the Westlake Village location, we had a few days where we were doing that. However, it was pretty challenging because you'd have to dump that out. And the landlord over there is amazing. Select Development Group has been extremely helpful, especially at that Westlake Village location. <laughs> Which, I mean, I understand if they don't want airy water getting dumped you know, around their stores. No one holds anything like that against them. So it was definitely challenging. We, we really had to change a lot of things. We have a client check-in kiosk which was a big part of our 2019 technological improvement where a client comes in and they're able to, you know, check in with a computer and all that sort of stuff. Well, that's not, you can't go inside the store. So sorry, we're now having stylists figure out how to, with their cell phones, checking in clients. It was a very different experience for us. Yeah, your MVP is definitely your signature service. I know even with my daughters, they like the head massage, you know. It's like, oh, no, no, no. I want my head massaged. I want, you know, that's the only time they actually like getting their hair washed. (laughs) You know, it's like otherwise. So I always like save the day for a haircut when it's hair wash night, you know, so I can make sure they get their happy little head massage. That's great. I love hearing that. How about staffing? So I'm assuming that with this roller coaster ride, you've had to reduce some staffing. And what stage are you now? Is this a furlough season? Yeah. So initially, what we were very confused with what was happening. We talked to as many human resource people, lawyers and all that sort of stuff and trying to figure out everybody's calling them. So you're waiting on hold for two or three hours. But we did figure out, yeah, we put everybody on furlough. We offer health insurance that's subsidized. And so we maintained both the employee and employer side of that health coverage during the first shutdown. Because we were able to do that and we were looking into the PPP loans and stuff like that to see if and we figured the stylists are having a challenging time too. We really don't want to make anything worse like drop in healthcare coverage in the middle of a pandemic. You know, that's a, that'd be a nightmare. So we were able to do that for them. Unfortunately, just like the clients, there are a lot of people who were really afraid of the virus. And we had a lot of people that just didn't feel comfortable coming back. And I don't hold that against anybody. We had around 230 employees prior to COVID. So like in February of 2020, we were at around 230 employees, just over 10 per store on average. And then we went down at the lowest point, we were at about 160. So it was a very different experience. Now, we were able to take fewer, we had to take fewer clients based on the uh, capacity restrictions, but stylists are people, they've got lives <laughs> trying to get everyone scheduled to mesh up when you, you know, have two thirds of your previous 
headcount is very challenging. So we continue to see a lot of modified store hours, closures, stuff like that. Not only that, but for some reason, normally in a hair salon prior to COVID, your busiest time was always noon and then right after school until about six o'clock. Well, for some reason, everyone started getting their hair cut in the morning. So we had to work on getting all of our stylist availability in the morning, which is something that they hadn't done before, which is another uh, interesting experience that we definitely didn't anticipate. Yes, people want to be busy before the rest of the world wakes up. <laughs> that must be it. <laughs> I mean, and we're the last ones in California. I mean, we're the uh, red hot chili peppers, the edge of the world, and all the Western civilization. You know, it's no, it's interesting. I'm all about the drive up this and that and Instacart. And if I yep. have to go to the store because I know they're going to have a hard time finding something, I'm there at. 6.55, waiting for the, you know, senior hour to end so I can go in before everybody else. I mean, I'm I'm one of those kind of, you know, kooky moms here that I'm very vocal if somebody is a little close, you know, yeah. I'm, I've become a wacko. <laughs> but Well, my wife was at the local supermarket uh, while she was pregnant and pregnant, you know, pregnant women are one of the uh, we're at the time we're one of the vulnerable classes. I'm so, but she got uh, taught, uh, berated by and a woman who didn't think she should be there during the the vulnerable person hour. I was shocked. At, uh, but you know, not a huge deal. She just waits until you know another thirty minutes and goes in the store normally. But it is definitely a unique time, and we feel like there's a lot more consensus around what is reasonable now. And that's right. You're a new dad. Congratulations. Thank you. So during COVID-19, I was going to ask you, what has been the biggest challenge for you during COVID-19 as a business owner? So that'll be number two. I first want to <laughs> ask you now as a new parent, how do you feel like going through this experience and kind of a lockdown situation? I mean, there's probably some blessings in disguise, but then there's a lot of inconveniences. Well, I feel fairly sleep deprived. But I hear that's what happens regardless of COVID. So we had uh, made the decision to increase this, you know, add to our family. Neither of us originally anticipated have, having kids. So, but we made the decision or late last year. So it wasn't brought on by COVID, but, uh, you know, it just happened to coincide with it. And I can tell you those maternity wards now are <laughs> pretty bad. We had... Three team members right now uh, out on maternity leave, which actually kind of works out well for them right now because there's there wasn't much to do in the salons and and so they're you know they're really not missing too much. The hardest thing was that when you're the business owner, you you want to take that paternity time, but there's always something that needs to happen. So you got to make sure that you're taking care of your work family along with you know your real family. And luckily, we're a family business here. I operate this with my parents. They were able to pick up a lot of uh, the stuff that I was doing previously. Uh, big shout out to my, my mother and father, Robin and Ron Chamberlain. They're uh, fantastic for helping me out so much while I figured out how to live without sleep. So, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely been interesting as a, on, a, on a family perspective. On the business side, if you take a look at 2019 and compare it directly to 2020 for us, our revenue is down over 72%. And so that's the biggest challenge is how do you work with 
less than 30% of the revenue that you had before and still keep benefits going for people, still keep paychecks coming on time in a compliant with California manner while maintaining all of your benefits. And it's extremely challenging. Do you really appreciate the support that the federal government has provided to us? We were able to get a PPP loan and uh, we hope that the process for the second one is similarly quick. Those things are definitely lifelines that help keep our business and, and many other sport clubs franchisees afloat. It was really challenging initially trying to figure out which bank to use. We got a uh, small community bank seems to be the way to go. It's just some uh, a friend of ours from the Midwest. So that, uh, that worked out pretty well. And we were able to get things situated and maintain all of our benefits while increasing. We managed to add a benefit, which is a 401k during this time. That's California mandated retirement plans in July for employers with over 100 employees. And the California standard plan was going to be pretty tricky, we felt, for a lot of our employees. So we wanted to give them more choices. And that's why we ended up rolling out our own 401k plan. Well, you've certainly battled a lot of fires here during COVID-19. Do you feel little like... fires, sometimes. Little fires, yes. Okay. Therefore, we got shut down sometimes because there's a fire. Like in, in uh, Irvine, we had two stores sh- were shut down by fires during this period. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So back to, is there hope? Is business recovery on the horizon? It's really tough to say when you're shut down. I know there are a lot of places that are not currently shut down their hair salons, barbershops, and they're making a decision that they feel is right for them where they're open and uh, taking business. That's not the decision we made. We believe in following the, the rules of the state. Hopefully those rules change soon. But we do feel in talking with our team members, in talking with clients when we're in the shop, feel like there's a lot more optimism now than there was in like July or in August. And that makes us pretty hopeful moving forward. Who knows what's going to happen or when we're able to reopen. I hope it's soon. But we're really hoping that uh, we're able to keep all the stylists that we've currently got and keep all the clients that we've got and move forward and, and, uh, and grow. Great. Sounds like there's some, some optimism then. And I certainly hope for your business category to recover as, as well. One quick thing, as being part of a franchise, there's a lot of structure to yes. stay into place for your brand. Has there been an aha moment which has allowed you as the growth of a company to have a little more flexibility and possibly make future changes? I know, you know, being allowed to do services outside was one of them. Any other aha moments? Well, this has definitely brought some laser focus inside the franchise as a whole into how do we cut a lot of bureaucratic type stuff out and just focus on providing that client experience and making sure that, okay, if you don't have a ribbon in the right spot in your store, you know, you're not going to get a nasty gram. Uh, instead, you're going to be able to focus on getting clients in their chairs, treating people right, and doing what it is we all 
enjoy doing. Very good. So does that mean a little less focus on Yelp reviews? Or is that still <laughs> going to be like the key? <laughs> well, Yelp reviews have never been pushed by, well, they, corporate always says, look at them and stuff like that. But it's really an individual franchisee's responsibility. So I respond to our Yelp reviews as often as I can. We do have a bunch of stores. And I used to have some help with that, but COVID has had you know challenges with our structure and stuff like that. So it's definitely challenging keeping up with all that. But we do make sure that we talk to our clients as much as possible. We have an internal review service called Listen360, which gives us a lot of reviews from directly from our clients. So we are reaching out to them on a regular basis to see what we can do to improve. And for anyone that says, you know, I wish my season ticket would follow me around in stores, or I wish I could, you know, pay with, uh, with Apple pay or something like that. Know that that is being worked on <laughs> and we're doing our best to figure out our technology stack right now. I know that sport clips has actually made that a huge priority this year because convenience is a big part of the experience. Yeah. Touchless systems right now are very important for operations. Well, before we go, is there anything else you'd like our listeners to know about Sport Clips? Well, I, we were initially the first store in Sport Clips was open in the California region. It was opened in 2007. And since then, we've managed to grow to over 125 locations. I don't know the exact number. But uh, I know it's over 125 since 2007. So we, I've been pretty impressed with the clip that we've been able to, to hit over there. And, I, you know, everybody talks about doing business in California, you know, all that sort of stuff. It is a wonderful place. And it's got really some wonderful people. And I'm hopeful that we're going to be able to get back soon to making everybody look good. As you can tell, I don't know if you're going to release the video, but you can clearly tell that I have not had a haircut since uh, before Thanksgiving. It's uh, <laughs> I can't, can't wait to be able to get back into somebody's chair. <laughs> this is just audio. Nope. Okay, good. Video is just for you and me. Sometimes I'm no hair and yeah. makeup situation going on, but, <laughs> and yeah, I've had one haircut in the last year, sadly. So it was one of those opportunities where I had, you know, a couple of weeks window. Yep. I'm like, oh my gosh, yep. I don't even care. I just need it real quick. Whatever place is nearby, I'm in there. So I mean, the days of like styling my hair, no, that's yeah. going to be down the road. But I can tell you that we do calls with our team members just to check in with them and see how we're doing. And this is like large Zoom meetings. And the amount of ridicule I personally receive from our own team members about my hair being so long it's pretty funny you know so many of them are offering i'll go come to your house and cut your hair come on but you know that's not that's not what the the rules are saying we're allowed to do so I, i'm trying to live by the law it's but it is tough especially when you have to look in the mirror well i'm going to tell you first of all i very much appreciate your attitude about following the law as you know living in the community, not all business categories follow the rules. And, you know, it, it's very frustrating. And so to hear you not only speak about the pride of your brand, but of the health of our community, I thank you very much for that. Well, thank you, Lori. I appreciate that. I would like to be open, though. <laughs> don't get me, yes, don't get I, me wrong. I agree. <laughs> I, I'm the same way. I would love to be able to prove to people that I can 
reopen responsibly. Yeah. It's not our turn. And I just, you know, I've had to learn major, major, major patience during this. So, well, I want to thank you so much for joining me today and wish you the best. And I do hope that you can reopen locations very, very soon. Thank you very much. I appreciate you taking the time to be here with me. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. And please subscribe to our podcast so that you can be alerted each time we drop a new episode. For bonus content, be sure to join us as a member and receive Green Room Diaries, After the Final Cut, Confessions of a Caneo Valley Mom, as well as our exclusive wellness workshops. From one parent to another, we've got this. Just believe in yourself and remember we're our own worst critics. Tell yourself and another that they're doing a good job. 